Hey guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Yes, it is free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's going on, everybody? This is Harriet Westmore with the More Wine and Music podcast, the podcast where we discuss music genre over a glass of wine. Good afternoon. I'm not going to be drinking wine. It's too early in the day. I'm pre-recording this uh, last episode, season finale of the 1950s rock and roll era. So with that being said, I want everybody to please hit that uh, like and subscribe button and um, follow me on uh, the More wine and music podcast on facebook on my facebook page also you can um go on to www.morewineandmusic.com to see past episodes that were um, recorded all right so this is the as i said this is the last season finale of season three um this is episode 35 and i thought i wanted to do something a little bit different as far as um talking about a Pacific, rather a Pacific group or a Pacific uh, artist of the 50s and their songs, I kind of want to talk about a tragic um, event that happened in 1959. Um, also known, as everybody knows, um, the song, The Day the Music Died. And I'm sure everybody is very much familiar with that uh, story of Buddy Holly JP, the bop, Big Bopper, Richardson, and Richie Valenzuela, also known as Richie Valens. So I just kind of wanted to um, wrap the decade up with that tragic story. So um, here we go. Actually, I'm not going to go into the backstory of each of these individuals because, I mean, we pretty much know um are familiar with buddy holly how he got started where he uh came from and everything and when he was with the crickets and um the big bopper how he was a dj and then now he um recorded a song chantilly lace and also richie valens which i did an episode about him if you want to go back into the archives of the more wine and music podcast it was episode number 27. so i'm like today i just wanted to concentrate on the event the day before and up to the event of the actual uh, plane crash. So it appears that Richie, I'm sorry, that Buddy wanted to um, go a different direction. He's been playing with this group, um, the Crickets for a while, and um, he wanted to do something new. Now there were sources that says uh, it was a amicable breakup between himself and um, the crickets. And then other sources said, well, he was in um, some kind of conflict with the band management and everything. So that's why he wanted to go off on his own. But his actual goal was to 
open and start his own publishing company, his own music studio. And um, he needed funds to do that. He didn't have any enough funds to, to get that started. So with that being said, he reluctantly, now I, I've read sources where he really didn't want to do this tour, but you know, he needed the money to a startup, to start up his new um, publishing company and so forth. So they put together a Midwest uh, tour called the Winter Dance Party Tour. Um, and it was to be, I believe, 24 days of crisscrossing um, the mid, going through the Midwest, touring at different venues throughout the Midwest. And I think it started on January 27th. I'm not, well, 24 days from that. Um, just, you know, touring different venues throughout the Midwest. And it's also known um, as the tour from hell because right from the beginning, it was, um, a, it was a disaster right from the beginning. First of all, there was no logistics as to their travel. They were just, I mean, it was like they were going back and forth instead of going to a, you know, making a certain destination from this stop straight ahead to this stop. No, they stop at one venue, then backtrack to another venue through another state and then go back for it. I mean, it was just, the logistics were just so off and so disorganized. So with this tour, uh, JP, the big bopper, um, was uh, had his famous hit Chantilly Lace and 17 year old Richie Valens was just he was the up and coming the youngest and the up and coming performer and it was a good idea I mean it made sense for him to you know get his name and his songs out there because he was um, had you know three three songs uh, La Bamba Come On Let's Go and Donna and he wanted to promote those and so that was you know what a great way to you know get himself up and out into the audience by doing this tour so it was the three of them plus um buddy hired two additional uh musicians um on the drums were was uh tommy Alsup, and on the uh guitar i think bass guitar i believe was Waylon Jennings, who was supposed to, who was on this um, tour, and they were touring by bus. They got the um, the bus that they were touring with was this old school raggedy um, school bus. The bus itself was really a piece of junk. It was um, it was mechanical problems. It would break down. And we're talking about Midwest during the winter time. So it was very cold. Um, they would travel through blizzards and just snowstorms. I mean, like I said, it was just the, the stops that they were making just didn't make any sense as far as the, the travel, the sense of travel. It was just going back and forth for let's say go to, let's say they were going to Minnesota, then they would come back to Indiana, I'm just making an example, come back maybe to Ohio, then go across, 
go up to uh, Wisconsin, go back to maybe Pennsylvania. You know what I mean? That type of, it, it just didn't, it just wasn't a well thought travel, planned travel to um, each destination. But with going back and forth in the cold, bus breaking down, um, no heat, it, it was just a miserable travel and they were getting sick of it. It, it it was just ridiculous so when they landed to when they finally got to um the what is it called the surf ballroom this was uh february 2nd i believe um they pretty much buddy pretty much had it with the with the travel of, of, of on the bus they were all miserable cold and actually the big bopper was sick he had the flu but they had to they had to perform and um buddy decided at that point you know i've had it i want to charter a plane for the for the three for actually for himself for tommy Alsep, and for Waylon Jennings to fly into the next their next destination, which was Moorhead, Minnesota, um, because he wanted to get there at least you know hours before their next show there, you know, to do some laundry because they were you know didn't have an opportunity to change, to shower, to rest, to really rest because you, and he <clears throat> wanted to get there ahead of time to kind of rest up, do some laundry and into rust so he chartered a plane through um the mason city uh airport municipal airport and it was a beechcraft um bonanza uh that was chartered and uh the craft the airplane was to be flown by a pilot young pilot named roger peterson well, during their show, they did the show in surf at the surf uh, ballroom. Um, like I said, the big bopper was, he was just sick. He, you know, and he went to Waylon Jennings. He said, look, I'm not, I, I just can't ride the bus anymore. I'm, you know, and the big bopper was a big guy. I, I really need to, um, you know, try to get some rest because I'm just not feeling well at all. I'm fighting this flu. And so Waylon Jennings, he said, if it's okay with uh, Buddy, then it's okay with me. You can take my seat. So that's what happened. So Buddy was okay with it. In the meantime, Richie, for some reason, um, backstory from what I read, I thought that he was actually afraid of flying and I you know that's what I read that he was actually afraid of flying ironically he wanted to you know get on the plane as well in spite of his fear of flying I you know it, it was just to that point that they were pretty much fed up with the you know riding on that raggedy old bus and so Richie went to Tommy Allsup and kept asking him throughout the day 
at um at the surf ballroom look can you know will you let me use you know i want to get on the plane will you let me um ride the plane can you take can we swap can you let me ride on the plane and first you know tommy said no no you know i'm not you know but richie kept relentlessly you know just asking him throughout the day and tommy um act, you know just got tired of him asking pretty much he said okay we'll toss for it so they they did a coin a coin toss and unfortunately or fortunately depending on you know which one richie won the toy uh, the coin toss and was able to ride the plane with buddy so instead of it was, instead of waylon jennings and tommy Alsep, it was um big bopper and valent so they did their last performance that evening at the surf ballroom um and they were packing up getting ready to um, board the plane so um this was around about this was after midnight so let's let's say it was about quarter to well 1245 to 1250 they were you know getting ready to get on the plane and you know packing up and according to what Waylon Jennings said later on on an interview he said that uh, he and Buddy you know they all they always joking they all used to always joke around and play around with each other and Buddy told you know uh, Waylon you know I hope that bus breaks down you know as they were you know laughing and joking because they were going to see each other the next day in Moorhead um, Minnesota um, and you know Waylon came back with came back with him and say well I hope that plane crash you know they all are laughing and carrying on you know never in a million years thought that uh, that was the last words he would say to his friend buddy so um, in the meantime the pilot young pilot Roger Peterson throughout the day he was uh, keeping in contact with the control center of the airport to see how the weather conditions were um, at the time it, it was during the day it was fine um, he kept up you know with the conditions and but around 12 between 1250 and 1255 he didn't um, have an opportunity to check one last time of the uh, the weather conditions and unfortunately, <clears throat> the conditions turned for the worse, unbeknownst to Peterson. He, uh, the, it was a snowstorm. But, you know, Peterson being young as he is, and you probably figure, okay, I, you know, he, he probably can still, uh, he can still make it. Well, Peterson. He was a flight. He had his hours. He had flight, you know, hours. Um, he was a flight instructor, but he did not have. He wasn't certified to uh, fly according to his uh, navigation instruments that's on the aircraft. So he didn't have any experience of doing that. So at twelve fifty-five, 
the four men boarded the plane. Roger at the as a pilot, Peterson, Buddy Holly was as was the front, um, was at the front in the big bopper and Richie Valance in the back seats. And I think one of the promoters, you know, they saw he he saw the, the plane on the runway. And um, like I said, it, it was it was 12:55 in the morning, going on into February into February 3rd, 1959. He said he looked up, he saw the plane, you know, ascend into the air. He saw, and then you know, it it didn't take long. He didn't see the plane anymore. It just like ascended up in the air, and then all of a sudden, it like disappeared. The plane disappeared. So control um, couldn't get a hold of uh, Peterson because Peterson was supposed to uh, turn in his flight plan to the control center. You have to turn in your flight plan of how what route you're going to be taken to your next destination. Peterson failed to do so, which you know alerted uh, the control center of, of, of the airport. And so they could not get him on um, on the uh, on the signal on, on communication through communication by you know means they couldn't get a hold of him, and <clears throat> they knew something was wrong. So the next morning, uh, the owner of the uh, airport received a phone call and saying um, there was a plane that uh, went down that was that crashed into Clear Lake, Iowa into the cornfield and he needed to come there. And so when he went, he and the other authority, the police and the other authorities were already out there. He went to um, went to the uh, crash site and sure enough it was uh, his aircraft the Bonanza um, the, I'm sorry the Beechcraft Bonanza um, and it was it, it had nosedived onto, into the corn, corn, uh, the cornfield you can see the wings were still up and there are pictures on there if you you know it, it was a kind of a gruesome sight I mean um you can see the pictures on YouTube, but apparently um, with the wet, bad weather and pilot error, uh, you see, uh, and, and on the pictures, you see uh, Buddy Holly, Holly and um, Richie Valens, they weren't that far apart as far as being thrown out of the plane. They were near the plane um, on the ground. You can see their bodies. And over the fence, in the cornfield was farther, a little bit farther away, uh, several, several hundred what yards, I'm not sure, uh, was the big bopper. He was flown farther out into the, uh, over the fence of, of the aircraft. Now they found Roger Peterson, he was still in the plane. I mean, he was still strapped in his seat in the uh, 
in the plane and they pretty much determined that he had nosedived like over 170 miles an hour going straight down into you know into impact and so they were they were pretty much you know killed right on impact there was no way that you know they could have survived it, it was just horrific so either he you know like i said he wasn't he didn't rely on his instruments because he didn't you know he wasn't certified he didn't you know really know he wasn't experienced in um using his instruments navigation instruments on the aircraft to control the plane to go up above whatever thousand feet that was necessary to out of the uh to level out apparently he might have got disoriented instead of uh, ascending he descend and it went straight you know at 170 miles an hour straight down into you know into the cornfield in clear lake iowa so it was you know it was a big shock to everybody everybody was stunned the whole world was stunned um particularly especially for um the other uh bandmates tommy Alsop and you know wayland jennings they were you know en route to their next you know they could they're going to meet up with some holly the big bopper in balance in uh, moorhead minnesota and when they got word that um uh, that they were uh, killed in the plane crash. I mean, it, it was just devastating. It was devastating for the whole music industry anyway. Um, and that's why it was called The Day the Music Died. It was in February 3rd, 1959. And it pretty much kind of like, it was like the end of an era. After that, um, I believe it just changed the whole dynamic of rock and roll, the music as we know they heard it. Um, because of this tragedy, it kind of like changed everybody's, you know, attitude and everybody's, you know, it just wasn't the same because Buddy Holly was, um, he was a forerunner in his music, everybody, I mean, it was just a uh, tragic loss. Um, I believe this was when the point, I mean, it was, devastated little Richard he decided to just quit <laughs> quit rock and roll all, uh together and and become a minister I think that was that was the time that he actually is you know uh it hit him hard enough to say he, he just you know wanted to get out of the secular music of course you know we all know that him becoming a minister uh, that didn't last long but at that time he was just, it was just so devastating that he swore that he was not going to play secular music or rock and roll again and you know decided to try his hand at um becoming a minister but it, it uh, i wanted to do this story because i thought this was a uh you know i wanted to keep uh the memory alive of these three individuals they did make a big mark on um the rock and roll era and it was in 1959 and so um who knows what could have, you know, what could have became of them had they had lived on. You know, of, of course, you know, Richie Valens being only 17, he was a kid 
you know, he was just starting out. Um, Buddy, who's in his early 20s, what, 22, 23, and the, you know, the big bopper, the oldest of was 28. They all were in their 20s, and the young pilot was just 21. They were all, you know, just young, just young, tragically taken at a very young age. So that was it. That was the day the music died, February 3rd, 1959. So thank you guys for listening. Um, I'm going to be going into the 60s. Uh, like I said, 1950, from the 50s, going into the 60s. Now you're going into a change of different genre. And um, I'm excited because there's so many stories and so many things that happen um, in the 60s that uh, influenced sound of music um, throughout the 60s. So I'm, I'm excited to go into season four of 19 uh, of the 60s era. So hit that subscribe again, hit that like button. Um, if you want to reach out to me by email, you can reach out to me at morewinemusic.gmail.com and that's more wine music at gmail.com also you can um comment um on my facebook page look for uh, more m-o-o-r-e wine and music facebook page and you know comment there all right you guys be safe and i will talk with you soon bye